hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning, Hamilton. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Philip Golfi and Rick Zamperin. Yes, good Saturday morning once again. Uh, songs, Rob Golfi this week, but that's okay. We'll make fun of him as he's uh, <laughs> globetrotting once again. But uh, I'm sure uh, a little R&R at this time of the year is uh, well warranted. It's been a busy year for the Golfi team. You can get a whole host of information on their website. It's a great website, robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700 at Rob Golfi on Twitter and Instagram and be sure to like the Rob Golfi Facebook page and if you haven't done so already head over to Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, wherever you download your favorite podcasts and subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast. Past episodes also on robgolfi.com and 900chml.com and we're also interactive on the show so if you have a question for the Golfi team or you would like us to talk about a specific topic on a future program send us an email. That email address is questions at robgolfie.com. Again, questions at robgolfie.com. A few things we're going to toss around today. We'll talk about some uh, secrets to selling your home. We have a, a top 10 list of the best kept secrets for selling your home. We've talked about many of these uh, items on this list in past episodes, but we'll refresh your memory if you're thinking about selling your home or if you've uh, you know dived into the market and have your home up for sale. You should keep things uh, these things in mind. We'll also talk about a new report from Equifax, which says nearly a quarter of millennials think it's okay to lie on a mortgage application. Wow. And you have a personal story that you can share with us uh, in a matter of minutes. Um, but we'll start with uh, a, a personal story, and this is uh, one with my parents who are in the uh, home buying kind of realm now. They sold their home in the Brampton area. They're living uh, with relatives in uh, the GTA, but are looking for a home in the Niagara region. And uh, so they were supposed to uh, look for a house earlier this week or look at a house earlier this week, but the homeowners uh, who are uh, selling their house are away for a week. Right. So they put their house up for sale and then took off and then said, okay, we'll see you a little later. Yeah. So is this a strategy? Is this something that's uh, new? Is it uh, commonly done? Yeah. So I, I, can't, I can't speak for that particular situation and that homeowner situation, but we, we have often seen um, when somebody puts their house up for sale within the first week, they'll, you know, sometimes people take off. Really? Because they want to leave their house vacant. So every every showing or every every request gets auto-approved. And now it's easy. The house, you know, you don't need to clean the house. The house is vacant. People are coming through. And, and there's no need to worry about, you know, what condition the house is because it's always going to be mm-hmm. in the same condition. Now, what happens in terms of our rules and regulations on the real estate board is if you cannot confirm a showing, and I, I believe it's two consecutive days in a row, it might be three. The house has to be suspended, and that means the house has to be taken off the market. Okay. Nobody can put their house up for a week and, and and allow and say no showings for a week. The agent would then have to suspend the house. When you suspend a house, it has um, a suspension date, and then a date that the uh, suspension expires and, and, and comes back to the market. Hmm. You're just it, it, it's you know 
for lack of better terms, it's illegal to have a house on the market and not, and not show and it. not allow um, sales representatives to, to show it. Right. Now, now keep in mind that, that sure, you know, there might be incidences where you, you, you can't show up because of a, a dinner party or because, you know, you weren't able to get back to clean the house or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about, you know, consecutive days in a row of a house not being able to be shown would have to result in a, in a suspension and and there you know our I know our brokerage is very diligent on that um you know as soon as a, a seller or a homeowner comes and contacts our appointment center and says hey no showings this weekend we have to uh you know we're away or or whatever right right away you know we would be in touch with them to suspend the listing to ensure that you know we're we're not you know making sure we're making sure that that we're being true to the process of, of the selling process. Makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, in this case, so the house went up for sale, it's on MLS, you know, people can view it, but the homeowners are away. So I would guess that there's going to be a suspension announced sooner yeah, or maybe sure. already. They it should have been already. If right. not, it'll, it'll be soon. And, and uh, usually results of a, a complaint from a realtor, you know, sales representative saying, Hey, listen, you know, I've, I've, I've done everything to schedule this appointment. Mm-hmm. You know, both our times, you know, can, can accommodate showing at this time. Unfortunately, it's the seller, and, and it's just not fair to to both the purchasers and the and the and the sales representative to see this listing online and and see it on the on the MLS website and and not being able to show it. Now, I mean, we always bring up that 2017 market, and I I remember from from my experience what what some people decided to do was go you know go away for the weekend, right? So they would have you know they would have their house put up on a Thursday. Or a Wednesday, and then they would be holding offers until Monday, hmm. right? So they would they would take off for the weekend from the Thursday. They come back Monday morning, or or come back Sunday night, right? And then all of a sudden they got you know ten offers to look at. Wow! And and we 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 recommended that for some people. We said you know you're not going to be able to be in your house anyways. You're going to have you know fifty to sixty showings, seventy showings over the course of four days. Basically, it's a it's a four and a half day open house of of <laughs> you know a revolving parties, door. Literally. Parties coming through your house, and and yeah. and, and, and and people found it to be very, you know, it worked great, right? They're out of their house. They didn't have to worry about it, knowing that, you know, people constantly coming through. And, and when they got back, their their house was going to be sold. So, I mean, every everyone's different. It, the The process in terms of selling your house is, is difficult. And, you know, even if you're just a young couple with no kids, but the second you start to add in kids or, or pets or, or, you know, conflicted schedules or sleeping schedules, it's hard. And it's, it's very taxing on on a family on a couple and and it's it's a part of the process but you know we we have to deal with it every day the the word suspension is it sounds kind of harsh but does a listing suspension hurt the listing so while it's suspended the days on market continue to go up right so somebody somebody looking at the listing would say oh you know it's 21 or 22 days on market but it might have been suspended for for 14 of them right Right, right. so i would say i would you know does it hurt the listing? Yeah, I mean it's not it's not bad, it's not good. Obviously mm-hmm. if 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 you're, you know, if you have the full marketing capability of having it not suspended, you're 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 gaining much more exposure and have much more exposure to the open market than you would if you were suspended. Um it's just it's just, you know, things change, right? You know, sometimes people will put up a listing and and something will happen in their life and they say, "You know what? I I I just need a month to to take care of something." Sure. Or, yeah. or you know, you, you, every every situation is different, but but that's that's the you know the the reason for for suspending a listing mm-hmm. is because you know you're unable to to pr- allow showings and it has to be right. taken off the open market. Yeah, in some cases there could be a life altering uh, event, you know, a death in the family, uh, someone loses yeah. a job, so whatever the case. You know is, what? Right? I, I I know there was a lot of listing suspensions. We had that. We had, I think it was last year. We had a huge windstorm 
right? It was, it was. I think it was like this time last year. We had I a massive that, yeah. windstorm, and and a lot of listings were suspended just due to you know putting shingles back on, cleaning up the yard, right. and, and 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 you know getting the you know some people's pools were open, right? Like barbecues were, were you know fences were down. Like <laughs> it was it was crazy, and and you know I had homeowners calling me saying, Phil, you know I got to take care of this or I got to do this. I don't want anybody coming through my property before this and. And at that situation, it's it's just a you know no problem. I'm going to send you a quick suspension. We'll we'll take it off the market. Once you're ready to go back on, we'll 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 move forward with mm-hmm. that process. But there's um yeah, and that's 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 the process. I mean, it's 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 a part of it, right? Yeah, I remember that storm because there was almost a dozen homes on my street, and I don't live in a very long or or uh, populated street. Um, that their shingles were, were off. Off. Yeah, off, it was completely insane. off. The roofers were busy. I mean, I think there was that one development, there was a new development, and, and some of these houses were just framed. Oh, wow. And and the houses were blowing down. Oh, jeez. So they're, they're newly framed. I think it was a, a Madame, um anatomy development. And, and I, I know there was one in Niagara Falls. I think it might've been the Empire Community in Niagara Falls. And and these you know houses that were just just recently framed were just blowing over. And it looked, <laughs> you know what I mean? It looked just like a, you know, a hurricane or an earthquake went yeah. through. But just because of all the rebel and you know it's all dirt and mud and yeah. and it just it looks it didn't look good. Well, the workers are probably happy because yeah. they were getting overtime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's exactly. move on to our next uh, topic here. This is uh, well, it's a survey from Equifax Canada on mortgage fraud, and apparently. Almost a quarter of millennials think it's okay to inflate income on a mortgage application. So the survey it sampled just over 1,500 Canadians from uh, really coast to coast. It says that almost 23% of millennials think it's acceptable to inflate annual income when applying for a mortgage compared to 12% for the entire population. So apparently double the amount of the entire population uh, in terms of millennials think it's okay to fudge the numbers. Wow. This is disturbing. Pretty incredible stat. Yeah. So, I mean, there's context to this, right? So, how how much are they inflating? Right. And are they are they misrepresenting their their income? Right. So, you know, you can't hide behind your income. Yeah, it is you, what it is. It is what it is. You are what you make. Now, there might be people that will come to you and say, "Oh, you know, I only show fifty thousand dollars on a T four or forty thousand dollars on the T four, but there's a cash component to my business hmm. that represents, you know, I'm making eighty to ninety. Right. So okay. that person might come and say, you know, I'm worth I, I make a lot more than what I show. And that person might try to inflate their income. Right. But meanwhile, they're trying to avoid what their T4 shows because they're avoiding taxes by not declaring or showing that income. So that individual might show a higher income. And that's that's what happens when you have these cash businesses, whether you're in the trades or, you know, w- doing whatever. Mm-hmm. If there's a cash component to your business and you're trying to save on taxes, you're going to try when it when it comes time to buy a house or buy a car or or get credit anywhere you're going to have a hard time because you're not showing that income on yeah, your how on can, your how can you prove and, it right? and and you're only worth what that number shows so i can see those people trying to inflate and come up with a higher income now what happens is the first time home buyer has often a harder time to get approved for a new mortgage right so you know, we're in that millennial stage where a lot of my friends right now are, are starting to get into their first house and and make this purchase I, uh, and, 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 and oftentimes, you know, they're carrying a student debt, they're carrying a, um, you know, a car payment, mm-hmm. they're carrying a loan or, or a line of credit or, or whatever. So the ratios are often very, very tight when it comes to, you can afford this if you do this or, or, you know, we're, we're just a touch off, you know what I mean? So you can see that where, where they have this pressure and they have this, this want to own a house and, and, and this need to own a house where, where they're just, you know, they're just looking for something to scrounge up mm-hmm. to make it work, right? 
It's interesting. This uh, survey also said that 19% of millennials between the ages of 18 and 34 admit to not being truthful on their application. And uh, among those surveyed, 16% believe mortgage fraud is a victimless crime. (laughs) The number is even higher for millennials at 23%. So, uh, I mean, that in itself is disturbing as well because... There are victims along the way. Oh, big time. And, and, and it's exactly what it is. It's fraud, right? Yeah. The second you lie about, about you know, your lending criteria towards a financial institution or towards a mortgage broker, and you knowingly lie to try and try and achieve, you know, a, a credit application, <clears throat> that's fraud. Yeah. And there's no, there's nothing else behind it's it. Pretty it's pretty black it's, and it's, white. It's, 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 that's exactly what it is. It's, yeah. it's black and white. And, and you know, you're, you're putting the, the person who's processing the mortgage at risk <clears throat> and you're putting yourself at risk. Yeah. We're going to come back with some more thoughts on this topic, including the 10 best kept secrets for selling your home and a whole lot more still to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio today with Philip Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. They're all over social media, at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to like the Rob Golfie Facebook page. Find them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast. Past episodes on robgolfie.com and 900chml.com. And if you have a question for the Golfie team, email us, questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com. Uh, we've been talking about uh, a new Equifax survey that shows that 23% of millennials justify lying on a mortgage application. And he mentioned, you know, one of the downfalls is uh, if this mortgage application is approved, and I'm sure some have been approved, um, now they're going to have to live with this mortgage payment, which they probably won't be able to afford. Exactly. You're, you're setting yourself up for failure, right? You know, the the, <clears throat> the mortgage application process is to put you in a position where you can afford the mortgage. Right. Now, it's it's some people will argue, but it's for your own benefit, right? The bank you know, does we, not want you to default. Well, yeah, we live in a society where if, if you go and, and get a mortgage pre-approval and the, the the mortgage lender says, "Oh, you're approved up to 550." We we live in a society that w- wants to go spend 575 or 600, right. and that's yeah. just the reality of the situation, right? We 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 completely want to max out our, you know, and I'm I'm speaking for the greater of the population. Obviously, you know, there's there's those people that are a little bit more, you know, understanding and 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 smart about their you know frugal financial literacy, right? In terms of you know, but but from the most part, people want to spend more than what they're approved for. So th- this this system is set up to protect, you know, the Canadian economy. It's pr- to protect the home buyers. We saw what happened in the United States in 2008. This was because it was a result of people over um you know, over borrowing on on for what they had, mm-hmm. right? It completely inflated the housing market and all of a sudden you had, you know, there was a huge correction. So that's that's what these laws and regulations and and protections and stress tests and, you know, 
that's what it's protecting us from is, is so we don't have this big blow up. Now, you know, people are going to try and work around it because just that's the way that's the way life goes. It's, yeah. it's you want to push the boundaries and and walk that walk that line. But it's it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. So I had, you know, a recent situation. In fact, it was this week of a story that a mortgage lender told me. And he stated that he had a first time home buyer come and, and submit an application and they're going through the approval process and he wants to buy this house. When he pulled the credit report, he had a, a large car payment that didn't show up on the report. So now this is a payment that's you know six hundred, seven hundred dollars a month hmm. that's unaccounted for when they're going through the approval process. Now this lender knew about that payment, but now it doesn't show on the credit report. So technically, it's not there. Right. He can go ahead with the mortgage process, get this person approved, and and you know, away they go without this, without this payment. Now, like I said, the lender knew about the, 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 the payment, but when he submitted into his system, the ratios worked out because that car payment wasn't accounted for. It wasn't on the report. He told, he told both, you know, the underwriter and the, and the, and the financial institution of this car payment, which he didn't have to. And, and, Unfortunately, the deal didn't work out, and I think you know that that buyer, well, who, which wasn't mine, went elsewhere. Hmm. Understood the processes of of not unveiling his knowing that knowing that his car payment wasn't going to show on the credit report. Didn't unveil it to the new lender, the mortgage broker, right. and got approved. Wow! So that's mortgage fraud. That's one hundred percent. That's black and white. That's what mortgage fraud is. Yeah. Now I'm not sure if they went through with the whole process, but you know. This this gentleman who 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 was the lender or the the um you know writing the mortgage could have committed fraud right mm-hmm. he he knowingly knowingly could have yeah, yeah he he, he <clears throat> could have been the one to commit fraud right now that's a that's a, a person who's taking advantage of of maybe a little flaw or a little hiccup in the system where it's not recognizing his car payment right and now he's moving forward with with you know a mortgage that he might be put in a position where like you said he might not be able to afford it so you know what happens next right. It's going to hit hard times, I'm yeah. sure. So, what I mean, you used to be in the banking industry too. Wouldn't the bank eventually find this out, or or through their due diligence, say, "Hey, you know, this individual is a car payment as well." Yeah, I mean, I mean, do they go that far? No, they don't. Like, wow. like, so everyone has a credit report. What's on your credit por- yeah. report is is what you own, and that's that's kind of what you go off of. You know, and and unless you ask the right questions, you might not unveil some of the stuff that doesn't appear on the report. Um, there's. It's it's a fast process. It's a fast moving process. Once you're approved, most of the time, you know, generally speaking, once you're approved, they're not going to take that approval away from you, mm-hmm. right? And once you're in the mortgage and once you own the property, the bank's not going to come back to you unless you don't pay it. Right. They're not going to come back to you and say, so, "Hey, wait a minute, hey, you know, you lied," <laughs> yeah. you know, right? But if they default or or if something happens in that matter, they might say, "Hey, let's you know, let's relook at what." what you stated on your application or, or what you, you know what I mean? You might mm-hmm. revisit it at that time when something goes wrong wow. and that's like anything, right? Yeah. You know, so you put individual. a stop sign when, when, you know, when there's a tragic accident, yeah. right? It, it's, it's one of those situations, but you know, for the most part, it's, it's, you know, kind of pushing them through the system and, and let's get them approved and let's get them mm-hmm. in that, in that house. But so if that individual does default for, for whatever reason, obviously they, they, you know, they're pretty stretched here and the bank says, Hey, let's, you know, investigate this instance and then figures out that they did not disclose this car payment. That individual can still be charged with fraud. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how deeper or, or, you know, where they would go be into that. Yeah. And, and they might not even find it. 
right? He, he could have said, you know what? I didn't have the car payment at that time. Like, right. you know what I mean? There's so many. It's hard to prove. Yeah. There's so many, there's so many, but, but I, I, what, you know, what mortgage, mortgage lenders do is, is you don't want to box somebody up and putting them into a mortgage that they can't afford. And unfortunately that happens a lot of times where a mortgage lender will understand and, and, you know, take advantage of somebody or, or, or maybe not necessarily take advantage of somebody, but, but knowingly through their own experience, putting somebody into a mortgage that they cannot afford mm -hmm. and knowing that they're going to default. And that, right. and that happens in, in the car industry that happens in the, in the housing industry. And it happens in, in, in credit cards where, you know, people knowingly put people into, into bad credit situations. And, and, and it's unfortunate what happens in, as a result. And yeah. it's, you know, it's in, you know, down the road, it's the you know you're 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 trying to avoid the inevitable of of defaulting, and that's that's what ends up happening. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, uh, Golfie gets it sold. If you're buying or selling a home, uh, call Rob Golfie at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And they're all over social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search out Rob Golfie. We have the 10 best kept secrets for selling your home. And some of these we've you know talked about from time to time. They're natural. There are some that uh, I have found to be uh, at least new players uh, in terms of selling your home. So let's go through this list. At number 10, uh, selling secret number 10 is pricing it right. Obviously, uh, you know, this article is suggesting that, you know, find what your home is worth, then shave 15 to 20% off of it to create that bidding war, to create that competition. <laughs> is this something that we're still doing? I know 2017 yeah. was you yeah. know, hot and heavy. So, you know, this is something that still happens. Like I said, it, it requires the right property. Right. It, it requires you can't do this with every the house. right house, yeah. right? And, and... In the right situation, because it's it's a huge risk and it's a huge reward um, if it's if it's done successfully. But but like I said, it's you know what happens if you shave twenty percent off your asking price and all of a sudden that's all you that's get. all you get. So you're you're going to sell your house for less than twenty percent of the market value because you tried to hold offers and and get a bidding war, mm -hmm. right? That's the question you need to ask yourself. But but it takes the right the right person to recognize the right property to make sure that. It's the right process to achieve that dollar amount or, right. or that or that value, and we've been very successful with this, right? But there's been incidences where we've seen that people aren't successful with it, and 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 you get stuck. So, you know, even if it's even if it's you know pricing it right doesn't always include you know putting you know dropping the price fifteen to twenty percent to to create a bidding war. Pricing it right can mean you know there's other properties in the neighborhood that are overpriced that are still for sale. Well. You're not going to use those as comparable properties because those ones haven't sold yet. Mm -hmm. That's just a terrible, you know, process and and comparable strategy or pricing strategy to price your home against other properties that haven't sold. And that's where people get in a position where they again overprice their house or price their property not to sell. So, you know, pricing is is one of the most important things, and and obviously it's one of the hardest things that people have a, a have trouble with, whether it's due to lack of information or whether it's due to you know, sensitivity and, and, you know, to their own property and, and thinking that, you know, everybody loves their own property and I get it. But in the end, you know, market value is market value and it's yeah. how much a willing buyer is going to pay. And at the end of the day, every homeowner wants to get a certain number or, uh, you know, a, a number higher than the next one. But right. sometimes the process is different to get there. Yeah. And, and everyone has a goal in mind. And, and that's, you know, one of my questions that I always ask when I go into a listing appointment. I said, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, what I think. But obviously, you have a goal that you want to achieve, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna I'm gonna come forward and, and present to you my my marketing strategy, my my you know my price that I think you should list at. 
but I'm willing to work with you on yours, right? Because I want to help you achieve that goal, sure. right? Yeah. Uh, number nine, and these are no in no particular order, but this is uh, half empty closets, which I found fascinating. Take half of the stuff out of your closets, then neatly organize what's left in there. Because when you're going through a home, you're looking at closet space, you're looking at storage, and if you see a half empty closet, you're going to think, wow, that's a big closet. A half empty closet looks better than a full closet. Yes. For sure. Every yeah. day of the week. Uh, number eight, light it up. After location, good light is the one thing that every buyer cites that they want in a home. So they don't want a dark and dreary home. They want a home that's full of light and life. Yeah. Um, natural lighting is, is a huge attraction to a lot of buyers and a lot of people. Everybody wants to live in a bright home that's that has you know a ton of natural light. What we always say to people, especially our sellers, is, is when you're going to leave for a showing, turn on all the lights, right? When somebody's able to walk into an, a room that's lit up, it, it shows a lot better than, you know, somebody's walking into a room and all of a sudden they're slapping the wall looking for the light <laughs> fixture, yeah. but it's behind the door. You know, we've seen some weird, weird spots for light switches, especially in some of your, your older wartime Hamilton homes, right? right? But, <laughs> but, but light it up, open up the drapes and, and, and show it. It's going to show a lot, a lot more beautifully when mm -hmm. it's lit up. You may, if you have bushes around or trees, you might want to just, uh, you know, trim them as well exactly. to, to allow more light in. Uh, number seven in the uh, 10 best kept secrets for selling your home uh, playing the agent field so basically pick the right realtor so 905-575-7700 robgolfie.com but I mean this is a huge one yeah this is massive this is something that we've talked about before numerous times this is you know find not not just find the right agent but find the agent that you're going to work well with find the agent that that's going to make sure that you have that good constant communication and, and something that you're going to get along with mm -hmm. um, you know there's a ton of information online um, whether it's, you know, a Facebook page reviews, you know, personal websites, there's, there's on numerous different ways to, to find out about your agent. And, and guess what, if you're going to go online and, and look for an agent and try and find something about them and you can't, well, that's the same thing that that's probably what you're going to get in terms of the exposure of your property. Right. Right. Big it's, it's, not gonna, it's not going to be exposed if, if you can't even find your own agent's information online. Yeah. And interview more than one agent. I mean, no, just don't pick one and then and then have a chat. I mean, go to, to two or three. Yeah. It's right? important to hear, you know, three different marketing styles, three different marketing ideas, um, you know, and, 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 and ask the right questions. And, and somebody who's going to give you three different approaches, right? It's 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 important to, to identify that, you know, there's going to be questions that you thought you you didn't even think of having that are going to be highlighted during the interview process. For sure. And of course, pick the one that's uh, right for you. Uh, number six, conceal the critters. So if you have a dog or a cat, uh, or I don't know, or a lizard or a snake, uh, yeah. get them out of the house. Yeah, we, we always say, you know, hide the dog bowls, you know, the cat litter box, yeah. you know, the, the basic stuff. It's it's pretty self-explanatory. But like I said before, sometimes you get you get so comfortable in your own space that you just, you, you think that everybody would, you know, nobody would mind a dog bowl or a cat. But it, you would be, you know, surprised by how many people would see a dog bowl and, and, and say, oh, you know, there's a pet that lives in here. Right. You know, this house isn't right for me. It's right. dirty or, or, or something like that. Yeah. Where, where the majority of the population would be okay, but there's always those some people and, and you know, if you're going to lose, the, you know, you never want to lose a buyer for something so minuscule. <laughs> as a dog bowl. As a dog bowl, yeah. yeah. Uh, number five, don't over upgrade. So quick fixes before selling always pays off. Mammoth makeovers, not so much. So little upgrades here and there. Right. So this is a huge one what we see in in you know a first-time home buyer will go buy a you know let's you know a, a small townhouse an older townhouse and then all of a sudden they're knocking a wall down and, and they're turning you know a three-bedroom into a two-bedroom and adding an ensuite bathroom and mm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. you know that that would be over upgrading right 
when somebody walks into that that 16 to 20 year old townhouse they don't expect what you've done right, right, right. so now you've upgraded outside of your uh, you've gone over budget but that return on investment isn't going to be there when you spend, you know, 15 grand on a kitchen and another, you know, another 20 grand converting the, the third bedroom into a beautiful ensuite bathroom. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't fit the buyer pool, right? right? So that's what we've seen on on some occasions where where people will buy these, you know, these smaller homes and they'll load them up, right? <laughs> and it's not, it doesn't, it, just su- doesn't fit. it doesn't support it. It doesn't yeah. support the value of that property. And, 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 and like I said before, when somebody walks through that house, they don't expect it. They don't expect it to have a, you know, a, a 19, you know, 50s, 60s bungalow to have a, an ensuite bathroom right. with a walk-in closet. And, and it could be a turnoff. Right? Yeah. And it's, it, it could be a turnoff, but it's, it's, you know, you're not getting the value back. Right. Uh, again, our top 10 or a 10 best kept secrets for selling your home. We've got a couple of minutes in this segment. So number four, take the home out of your house. So basically depersonalize. Yeah. It. Yeah. And, you know, to an extent, right? Like, like try, tr- do your best. But, you know, if, if, you know, the family portraits, you know, take down and, and, and just, it just do your best to deep. It's distracting when somebody walks yeah. through a house. And, and the main idea behind this is somebody wants to be able to see themselves living in your home. So you create a space that's, that's, you know, attractive to, to the large buyer pools and, 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 you know, depersonalize mm-hmm. it for sure. Number three, the kitchen comes first. You're not only selling the house, but you're selling the kitchen. It's because, you know, you spend what? 80, 80, 80, 90% of your time in the kitchen. kitchen. So, you know, make sure it's spacious. Make sure it's, you know, if you have a stool in the kitchen, take the stool out. Just make sure it's free flowing and Mm -hmm. and clean. Most importantly, no, no dirty dishes in the sink. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that leads us to number two, always be ready to show. So if you have those dirty dishes and people are coming over to see the house, make sure it's clean. Yeah. And I, and I often say this to, you know, your single homeowners is, is I say every single day you wake up, you know, just, just make your bed and, and have your property as if you were to have a showing that day because yeah. you never know the second you leave your house at eight in the morning you might get a call at 10 where somebody wants to show it at three mm-hmm. and in that situation you're gonna you're gonna be anxious and you know start thinking about what you left out on the counter or what you did and you know what i mean yeah. just just wake up every day and just try and keep it tidy because you know that time that you leave your your you're, you're gonna have that showing and, and it always happens that way could, right could be showtime uh the 10 best kept secrets for selling your home we have uh, one more to go we'll get to that in our next segment you're listening to the hamilton real estate show on 900 chml You are listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in with Philip Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Find them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast. Past episodes on robgolfie.com 
on Ange900CHML.com. If you have a question for the Golfie team, uh, like to pick our brain and certain uh, real estate matters, you can email us, questions at robgolfie.com. Again, questions at robgolfie.com. So just in our previous segment, we're going through the 10 best-kept secrets for selling your home. We have pricing it right, uh, half-empty closets, lighting it up, playing the agent field or picking the right realtor, concealing the critters, put away those uh, dog and cat mm-hmm. bowls, don't over-upgrade, take the home out of your house to so depersonalize it. The kitchen comes first. Uh, always be ready to show. And number one, the, the first impression is the only impression. So it's important to make people feel warm, welcome, and safe as they even approach the house, even before they step inside. It's it's important. I I think, you know, what this highlights is cleanliness sells every single time. And that's what I always say to people is, is you know, there's, there's not a lot that you can change within a period of an hour from from the time that somebody's gonna right. you know book a showing and come see it or or whatever. But it, everybody loves a clean home, even if it's a messy person, right? Even if the person's messy at their own house, they expect <laughs> they don't to think walk. They're messy though. <laughs> yeah, they expect to walk into a clean house and 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 it shows a lot better. And you'd be surprised by how many people are detoured by a, a, a dirty home or or a home that's you know just not tidy. So. Yeah. You know, that first impression can be a, a result of, of, you know, a clean house or, you know, something as little as cutting the lawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it makes a huge difference in terms of the overall impression from, you know, when you pull up to the house. Because that showing starts, you know, the second that, that showing starts, it doesn't start when the person walks in the front door. Right. It starts when they pull down the street. Yeah. And, and you know, we've talked about how, na- your, you know, your neighbor's property is, is, you know, a significant indicator of, of somebody who's looking to move somewhere. It's you know, they'll stand on the driveway and they'll look around and, and they'll they'll try and identify what type of demographic is living in the neighborhood or, or who the neighbors are, or, you know, so, and, and I think when the neighbor's property sh- is clean and tidied and, and whatever, it, it has a good impression on the overall showing in the neighborhood and, and the house. And I think those all contribute to, to the overall, you know, evaluation of the property mm-hmm. and the overall feeling of the neighborhood. It's huge. As you're saying that, I'm thinking, you know, you're you're, you're selling your house. Uh, you might have an extra neighbor or maybe someone across the street or a couple doors down who, you know, their house isn't quite up to snuff uh, in terms of maybe their lawn is overgrown yeah. or whatever the case is. I wonder how many people at least have it in their mind. They may not actually do it, but at least have it in their mind that, man, I'm just going to go down the street and cut this guy's grass <laughs> because I want my house to sell. We Yeah. So <laughs> so we had a, <laughs> this is so funny that you bring that up. So re- yesterday we're, we're listing a property it's six Keswick and St. Catharines. And, and, um, you know, the, 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 the grass was kind of long. We're coming to take photos. He goes, you know what, Phil, I'm just going to cut his property. He's good at cutting his grass, but he goes, I just wanted to look, just look, look a little bit sure. better for the picture. So <laughs> he took, you know, he went and cut the neighbor's grass and just because it's a shared lawn with the, um, you know, cause it's a semi-detached right, house. Okay. So he cut his neighbor's lawn and, and, you know, it's one of those situations <laughs> where he does it or I do it and whoever's out doing it, will just take care of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So he cut his neighbor's lawn just to take care of the, the photos just so the photographs look good. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those situations, but you, you hear some stories where, you know, people, you walk into a house and, you know, you know, one of our questions are, you know, what's the plan? Where are you moving? What's the situation? And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you, you get people where, you know, we're moving because of the neighbors. And then their next follow-up question is, do you think their property or, or them will have an adverse effect on our property? And in some situations it does, hmm. right? Depending on, on how close it is or, you know, if it's something as simple as if it's just a messy or dirt, you know what I mean? You, you never know, yeah. but but it's something that some people will take into account a lot more than others. And, and some people won't care. Right. Mm-hmm. It just depends. What's the percentage of homes that you have gone into where the the home buyer 
uh, is thinking, wow, this is just an unkept place. I'm not sure if it's right for me. Like it's just been not tidy and stuff. Yeah, a lot. Really? Right? Because more it, than half? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not more than half, but what happens is your high traffic areas, for example, through your kitchen, you know what I mean? Through Front your foyers. Yeah. yeah. Those high traffic areas is, you know, there's a ton of inefficiencies and to take care and fix all those little inefficiencies, it's a lot, mm-hmm. right? There might be, you know, some scratches on the wall, no problem. But if there's scratches throughout the entire house, well, now you're painting the entire house. If there's dents and, and, and nicks and knacks and, and every piece of trim, well, now you're, you know, trimming the house. And, you know, if there's scratches on the doors, well, now you look at it and you're like, well, t- to kind of make this home comfortable right. and, and clean and, and look fresh and new, well, I'm going to spend, you know, five to 10 grand mm-hmm. on just- Just to spruce just it up. The, just the little things that any other property or any other house- should already have or right. should already be clean. So you start to add it up in your head. And then, you know, what I always say is every single time somebody walks into the room, into any room, the first thing they notice is an inefficiency. So you can walk into a kitchen and, you know, beautiful marble countertops, you know, granite, whatever, you know, stainless steel appliances, but something as little as, you know, a plug plate missing mm-hmm. will completely attract your eye and and might deter you away from the rest of the kitchen and distract yeah. you from the from the overall beauty of the kitchen but instead you're looking at this plug that just hasn't been covered by a plug <laughs> a, a, a plate and yeah. it, it just takes away so as people walk through homes they'll notice these things and 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 they'll it, it could deter them away from the entire property the little things count that's for sure still to come staging techniques to attract better buyers including a luxury vehicle? What? You're listening to the <laughs> Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. One more go-round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio today with Philip Kelfi, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. The website is robgolfie.com, Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com, at Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter, and like the Rob Golfie Facebook page. And if you haven't already, download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast staging techniques to attract better buyers the golfy team has their own staging team now which is exciting and staging is a huge part of the buying and selling experience really um so let's go through there's one two three four things uh, at least in this article that uh, highlight why staging is uh, so effective number one universally livable so stagers and and you guys have this too Mm -hmm. will make the property um compelling to any buyer yeah, so everybody thinks staging is just furniture, right? Staging can be something as little as as knickknacks, such as towel rags or or little plants, or 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 you know just just rearranging the current furniture that's already there. Hmm. So it's it's ensuring you know we always say how you sell and how you live are two different things, and you want to make sure that you're put in a posi- position to sell, right? Instead of instead of a position to live, and right. and that's and that's what you're you're doing is you're making it 
more livable. Uh, this next uh, tidbit is basically the reason why I uh, thought we should talk about this. I'm not sure if the golfing team has ever done this, but this is a great idea. Renting <laughs> a vintage or luxury vehicle. So in one of the most expensive houses ever listed in the U.S., the seller included a more than $30 million collection of classic That's and incredible. exotic cars, including a helicopter. So that is unbelievable. Yeah, it's incredible. And and we're you'll get torn and mixed reaction from this really eh? right um so it has to be the right house it has to be the right house but but even if it is the right house a lot of people will say well you know are you selling a car are you selling the house right but aren't you selling the dream though and 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 that's what the argument would be is well we're selling the lifestyle Mm -hmm. of of the luxury property and you can see it you know a nice car on the driveway and and this and that and and we're we're torn we've been in situations where you know the the individual has had a luxury car so we've included it in the you know the lifestyle video whether right, it's a right. car or a boat or a sea we've done that and included in the sea now or included in the in the in the video but we haven't been in a situation where we've you know left the cars in the driveway and taken a photo of the cars with the with the house, with the right? House, right. And and additionally sometimes it's it's you know, the individual wouldn't want their car shown. Um we actually have a wicked property listed for sale right now. It's on Park Street, Park Road North in Grimsby. And this this gentleman who has who's the homeowner has a wicked car collection with hmm. you know lifts in the garage and oh, wow. he's got an old Corvette and a new Corvette and a you know a, a BM yeah it's just it's and, and it looks good, right? Look the garage would look different if it was empty right but the the fact that he has those cars on the lifts and you know we have him pulling in and it's wicked it's awesome yeah, right yeah. It, it really gives a, a good feeling to the to the house and but but you know it does look good the, the i mean you can go over the top and get a helicopter <laughs> well 30 million dollars of vehicles is yeah <laughs> over the top so another uh idea is to add a bar so display and not even a bar just displaying wine and spirits to help your listing punch above its weight class yeah and we've done this too right where we've had homes with you know a nice big wine cellar but there was no bottles of wine, right? <laughs> the homeowners have so, a good time. Yeah, so so <laughs> so you know we've been in positions where we've filled up the wine cellar with with bottles of wine, yeah. just because it, it just uh, an empty wine cellar looks dull. Yes. like it looks it's just, just a bunch shelves. of little racks, yeah. you know, kind of hanging out the wall. <laughs> but we've filled up wine cellars with bottles of wine just to to add. It, it, it's the littlest things, but it just adds it adds to the overall showing experience. Selling the lifestyle, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll end with this. we got a couple of minutes here. This is a story that was on uh, 900CHML.com and globalnews.ca. Um, the headline is, why don't we just play for it? So a <laughs> Calgary home went up for sale. It's been sold, but the final deal was negotiated in a uniquely Canadian way. Uh, the seller said he and the buyer were $3,000 apart in the last round of negotiations. So they agreed to a hockey shootout, a best of 11, uh, at where both of these individuals went back and forth, and at the end of the day, one of them ended up winning the shootout, so they got, uh, obviously, $3,000 yeah. off. Yeah. Um, and also, the last part about it is that the two real estate agents also had a side bet, and the loser paid for the ice time. Wow. Kind of cool. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> I love this story. I, I think I sent it to you right when it came out. Yeah. It caught a lot of buzz on social media, and it's probably the most Canadian thing you can ever read in terms of a real estate transaction. Without so a doubt. We... Uh, we had a lot of fun with it. it. It created the buzz and it's, it's neat. I, I, I love it. I loved every second of it, but, uh, it's, you know what I mean? There's, there's a little bit more context to the story. So my argument to this is statistically the goaltender has the advantage in a shootout, <laughs> right? If you go look at yeah. the NHL stats, I think it, I think the scoring percentage is somewhere between like 30 and 35% yeah. in terms of the, the opportunity to score on a shootout. So it's, you know what I mean? It, 
who was the goalie, who was the shooter, you know, what was the context sure. in terms of, you know, the skill levels. But what what would be your your sport if somebody had to challenge you for a for a three thousand dollar? What are you what are you challenging? Probably Darts? bocce. Bocce. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I'll Closest play. to the Polino, <laughs> and we're. Uh, we're making a deal. That's the, a good the, one. Yeah, at the end of the day, the shootout was six to four, so it's pretty darn close. Yeah, uh, we're gonna go. Uh, Phil, thanks again for coming in. Uh, we will catch you next Saturday at nine, right here on nine hundred CHML.